3: He lied! Does the name Steve Scully mean anything to you? In case you've forgotten, he's the political editor at C-SPAN, which is a pretty big deal since the only thing C-SPAN does is politics, so I guess the political editor there is a pretty big deal. Last week, when a tweet popped up from him... He took a lot of heat. It was obviously meant to be a direct message to Anthony Scaramucci, a former member of President uh, Trump's team who's become a major uh, Trump hater. But it went out on his Twitter feed instead, so it was out there in public. President Trump had referred to Scully, who, by the way, interned for Joe Biden, uh, and he was going to be the moderator for the debate, which would have been tonight. Uh, he, He obviously meant the... Uh, message to be a, the Twitter to be a, the tweet, I'm sorry, the tweet to be a direct message, Uh, but it ended up being right there on his Twitter feed. So what it said was, he was, he, he was asking Scaramucci, quote, should I respond to Trump? Scaramucci advised him to ignore Trump. So I guess um, Scully decided to ignore him, but then Scully started taking heat for the tweet, because it was public and not a direct message. Um, and so what did he do? He tried the old, I was hacked routine. Now, nobody with a brain believed that for a second. I know I didn't. And just today, by the way, I asked on Twitter if there had been any leads in the investigation into that hacking, because that's a crime, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to hack into somebody's uh, Internet. So uh, anyway, right after I had asked that question, I figured that we were not going to hear anything more about it that he was just going to get a pass. But then just a couple of hours ago, C-SPAN announced that Scully had been suspended indefinitely after he admitted that he lied about being hacked. Imagine that. Scully apologized. He begged for forgiveness, all that stuff. I never like to see anybody lose their job unless they're voted out of it. That's okay with me. But that should be a career ender for Scully. He can never be trusted again, ever. Joy Reid of MSNBC, I mean, that's a really, really bad thing to do, what he did, uh, say that you were hacked. Own up to your mistake, uh, lie about what you meant, do something, but don't lie and say you were hacked and insult and, and everybody's intelligence. And of course, so much of the media agreed with him, or at least believed him. So anyway, Joy Reid of MSNBC has gotten away with her lie about being hacked. A couple of years ago, she claimed that someone had hacked into her account and made homophobic remarks that had shown up on her old Twitter feed way back, many years ago. Of course, the problem was that the remarks were made many years ago, and that meant that the hacker would have had to have gone back on a time machine to hack in to her account. She never backed down from the story. MSNBC decided to let her off easy, and she's still working there. Unless I missed it, I don't think anybody's ever been identified as the person who hacked her account, of course, that's because she's lying, and she would never, uh, she should never be trusted again either. This hasn't been a good week for the media. Scully uh, disgraced himself and C-SPAN, and in the last couple of days, most of the media have embarrassed themselves by uh, refusing to pick up that story that the New York Post did on Hunter Biden's emails. Now, I DVR'd CNN and MSNBC at 8 o'clock last night. Uh, I wasn't going to watch it live, but I did uh, fast-forward through it, and uh, they made no mention of the story, zero. ABC, CBS, and NBC ignored it on their nightly newscasts. Fox, of course, did it up big. In our second half hour tonight, I'm going to talk to Jeff McCall. He's been on the show a few times before. He's really good at this. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic. We're going to talk to him about what all this says about the media. Twitter and Facebook, of course, refused to post the story by the New York Post. And today, Twitter locked out the Trump campaign's account for a while. This could mean dragging the heads of both those companies in to testify in front of Congress. We'll talk about that and other stuff with Mercedes Schlapp. She's the senior advisor for strategic communications for the Trump campaign. We'll do that after the break. Stick around. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance, or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is John Stagerwald from my friends at Marley Financial. And every agency offers the same stuff, well, except Marley Financial. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait until open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Hey, I'm Andy. I'm still not famous,
2: but you might remember that I started Harry's because I was tired of overpaying for razors. It always felt like big brands were taking advantage of us. Every time they improved something back then, prices seemed to go up. At Harry's, we take a different approach. Today, I'm proud to introduce our sharpest blades ever, available at the same price as before, as low as $2 each. They're a new, sharper version of our German-engineered blades. Guys who shave four days a week have told us that with our new blades, their eighth shave is as smooth as their first. And we stand by that with a 100% money-back quality guarantee at harrys.com. Millions have already made the switch to Harry's, and we hope you will too with this special offer. Get a Harry's starter set featuring our new sharper blade, a weighted razor handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just 3 bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter three eight at checkout that's com code 3388
3: we're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days windows or us pittsburgh is no different this is john Steigerwald. when it comes to working around your home windows or us remains committed to the safety of you and your family for roofs gutters and downspouts siding and of course windows windows or us pittsburgh can answer the call with over 50 years of home remodeling experience windows or us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. windowsoruspittsburgh.com.
4: Call
5: 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. The John Staggerwall Show. AM 1250,
3: The Answer. Well, last time I checked, the, uh, the non-Fox TV news operations were ignoring the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's emails. And the last I checked, nobody had claimed that the emails were fake. Joe Biden's being protected by most of the media, but the Trump campaign already has an ad out about it. Mercedes Schlapp is senior advisor for strategic communications for the Trump campaign. She joins us now. Thanks for coming back on, Mercedes. Appreciate it.
6: Hi, John. Thanks for having me. I have to say that I loved my time in Pittsburgh. I'm like encouraging my oldest to applying to college to look at the schools in Pennsylvania. It's such a beautiful state.
3: Oh, it's a great place. Yeah, it's a, it's still pretty a well-kept secret. Um, we don't have a beach here, but, uh, it's, it's a nice place to live. So, um, and by the way, I apologize. We, we said we were going to have you on a couple nights ago, and, um, I didn't accuse you of being a no show, oh. but, uh, <laughs> but it was our fault on our end. We had a technical issue, and uh, you tried to call in. I apologize for that. So, um. It, no,
6: it happens. It happens. It happens.
3: Yeah. So, anyway, uh, has your new ad been banned on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube already? I'm just wondering, because it has but to happen, I, right? I,
6: You know what's so funny? I'm actually trying to get on my Twitter feed, and I, for whatever reason, I don't know if our Internet is slow, but I can't even get on it. But I will tell you something. It's interesting that Joe Biden's campaign responded by saying that they're glad that Twitter and Facebook censored the Hunter Biden blockbuster story. I don't know if they were glad or they were more relieved that they didn't end up uh, getting uh, more of this uh, negative story out there uh, because at the end of the day, it just shows how Twitter and Facebook are literally protecting Joe Biden, how their focus is to not really to allow negative stories of Joe Biden and and his corrupt family to come out. And so I just think that it's, I, I just, I got to tell you, I don't think I've seen this in a long time where I've seen no. the social media uh, giants just censor like you would in countries like China and Cuba. It is something that is outrageous. This is election interference, this is political meddling, and I gotta tell you, the social media giants, they should be ashamed of themselves for what they've done to try to prevent people from reading this story. I mean, at the end of the day, they allowed the Steele dossier to go out there with no fact checks, despite the fact that it was filled with false information orchestrated by the Hillary Clinton campaign, and they let it go on forever with all the stories coming out. But yet when it's the New York Post, mind you, it is a reputable paper. They have their sources, and they refuse to, and they try to shut it down. It's very telling of the sad state of where these social media uh, giants uh, are at this point.
3: Well, Twitter uh, locked out the uh, Trump campaign account today, uh, and three Republican senators have said, And they said this, I think, before that happened, but they they said they're going to subpoena the heads of Twitter and Facebook to testify next week. Will the president be supporting that and talking about that the next couple of weeks?
6: Yeah, I've got to tell you, he mentioned it today in the rally. I know he's been tweeting about this even in the past about repealing Section 230, 230. uh, We had Senator Tom Kahn on early on a press call for the campaign and he said the same thing that they're going to meet uh the senators and uh come up with a plan to see if they need to move forward and uh repeal uh to the section 230 which of course gives what it does is that it gives immunity to the social media clients from getting um uh sued and so the idea now i think we're at a point that when you're talking about major censorship of this new york post story the mere fact that they spend so much time trying to shut down uh, the Trump campaign, and and I would say conservative social media influencers, it's just very telling the enormous amount of bias that exists in these companies. And the mere fact is, is I think Jack Dorsey really realized what a big mistake they made when he basically said that they botched this communication.
3: Yeah, and what are the chances uh, that Joe Biden will be asked any tough questions about the emails tonight on his to- town hall at ABC? Can you see George well, Stephanopoulos grilling him on that?
6: Doubt it. I, you know, I searched actually the ABC News website and uh, we saw more about uh, Kamala Harris or, for example, that uh, robot dolphins might take over uh, captive animals. Uh, Uh so, you know, this is what they're reporting on ABC News. There's no mention of Hunter Biden. I don't expect George Stephanopoulos to ask the question. And if he does, I'm sure he will frame it in a way to give Joe Biden an out. What we've seen with these town halls is that obviously they are incredibly biased. Uh, we know that, for example, in the New York, the NBC town hall, you had these quote unquote undecided voters, which at the end of the day, you've seen some of these supporters actually the week before um or these un- undecided voters and you saw the week before one or two of them on msnbc basically saying that they were biden supporters so hmm. it is a complete fraud that we're seeing not only from the commission on presidential debates that failed the american people because they're biased they're partisan and at the end of the day they made the unilateral action of a virtual uh debate uh, which is an outrage without consulting the campaigns. And then secondly, now that we're dealing with these town halls, how some of these networks have clearly shown their true colors, which is that of supporting Joe Biden and doing everything they can to stop Donald Trump. But there's one thing about President Trump. He is not he doesn't mind the tough questions. He's going to be transparent with the American people and continue to talk about his story of success and how much he loves this country and how much he's going to keep working hard on behalf of the American people.
3: Well, he's on NBC tonight for the town hall. Do you like his chances of being asked about the uh, Biden emails, or is he going to have to work that in himself somehow?
6: I'm sure the president will figure out a way to work it out himself because God only knows they won't ask uh, these moderators. Just don't ask the tough questions. Now, I do give it to you know, give credit to Savannah Guthrie for uh, you know a while back ago, early on, asking Joe Biden the tough question about whether he would you know, whether he was dealt with any of Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. And, of course, Joe Biden had a complete meltdown of pretty much verbally attacking uh, Savannah. And uh, it just shows how he, uh, how at the end of the day, uh, Joe Biden really can't handle this question because of the mere fact that you're talking about uh, even Joe Biden's team really not denying the authenticity of these emails not denying that this meeting didn't happen. So I just think that Joe Biden is in a bind right now. And so I think more will be exposed as we uh, get through these next couple of weeks.
3: Oh, yeah. The New York Post is going to let it all out at once. There will be some more. Uh, we're talking to Mercedes Schlapp. She's senior advisor for strategic communications for the Trump campaign. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the, the town hall questioners in a couple of the Joe Biden's town halls they were identified as undecided and then later revealed to be not the least bit undecided, but anti-Trumpers and big Biden supporters. So uh, what have you been told about the audience that the president's going to have tonight? This was kind of done on a short notice, you know, the, the scheduled that's going right up against uh, the, the Biden uh, town hall. But wh- where is the audience coming from? Uh, well, yeah, you know,
6: that's that's something that obviously they've had conversations between the, whole seven of the campaign and NBC. My hope is that they have a more balanced approach when it comes to how uh, they treat the president and, you know, that they treat him the same way they treated Joe Biden. And I think at the end of the day, look, this president is unafraid of answering the tough questions. I think Joe Biden has a lot more questions to answer. He keeps uh, dodging on the issue of court packing, meaning let's pack up the court of the, the Supreme Court with liberal judges to push forward a liberal agenda, he says, quote unquote, the American people don't deserve to know uh, whether he would support court packing. Well, I got to tell you, Mr. Former Vice President, the American people deserve to know what your position is on court packing, because this is exactly the type of tactics we see in socialist countries like Venezuela, where Hugo Chavez, one of the first moves he made was to expand the courts in Venezuela to put his own liberal judges in there. That is something that is unacceptable here in the United States. Uh, We wanna protect our historic institutions. Uh, We know that FDR tried it back in the day. It was not a very popular uh, move and and both Democrats and Republicans stopped uh, FDR. At this point, I think that if Joe Biden can remember his history, he would realize that uh, really trying to pack the court is a very dangerous move and something that should not be allowed here in the United States. We have nine justices. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it herself nine justices is plenty, and so that's where we need to be. But as we know, this is all about uh, not only judicial activism but political activism so that they can ram down our throats this radical agenda uh, that we know would fundamentally change America.
3: Hey, Mercedes, I always appreciate you being on a uh, of time. So um, I'm, I'm guessing I might be able to talk to you again between now and uh, uh, three weeks from now, less than three weeks from now. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you.
6: Thank you so much.
3: Okay, that's uh, Mercedes Schlapp. She is the uh, Senior Advisor for Strategic Communications for the Trump campaign. And uh, we talked a lot about the media there. And as I mentioned in the open of the show, uh, coming up after this uh, break at the bottom of the hour, I will I will be uh, talking to uh, Jeff McCall. He's been on the show before. He's really good at analyzing the media. He's a... Uh, He's a communications uh, professor at DePaul University, and he's also been a media critic. He writes uh, columns. He's written columns for the for the Hill, and uh, I mean, I just think there needs to be. This is the stuff that's going on with the media the last couple of days is just is stunning, and um, I, I just I just wonder where the media are right now. Where are we with the media? What what should uh, should should uh, we even expect? any unbiased reporting from anywhere anymore is it all about you know which which um, which agenda you support or which candidate you support or which political party you support or if you're a liberal or conservative that determines whether you trust that media outlet if you're a conservative obviously you watch Fox you hate Fox if you're a liberal Uh, You can't stand MSNBC or CNN if you're a conservative. Uh, So uh, is there any room anymore for a a network that just does the news without an agenda? I don't think there is. But um, we'll talk to Jeff McCall about that in a few minutes. While I have a couple of minutes here, I wanted to make sure I got this in here. You know, last week, I think it was, we told you about in California, and they weren't kidding. might have been the week before, but it's been recently. They weren't kidding when they put out guidelines for people. Uh, COVID-19 uh, tips they called them and one was for people wearing masks in a restaurant and it suggested that if you are in a restaurant with a mask you should uh, take a bite you know, pull down your mask take a bite put the mask back up chew until you're finished chewing and swallow and then Take the mask back down. Take another. In other words, go through that and throughout your entire meal, which would mean I would never set foot in the restaurant ever again as long as I lived, if that was what you had to do. So uh, that was bad enough. They got laughed at, but apparently that didn't embarrass them all that much because they've come out with some new ones. Governor Newsom uh, is now limiting gatherings to three families for two hours or less and no singing. That's the headline. Governor Newsom limits gatherings to two to three families two hours or less and no singing so uh, you know if, if you're having Thanksgiving dinner which is you know a month or so from now uh, no more than uh, no more than three families now I know some families that have like 12 kids you know they, they have I know guys who have a couple of guys yep. who have like 11 or 12 siblings does that count as a family or does it you know I don't know or who's gonna who's gonna be in charge of that and then uh, it says no singing, and it has to be for two hours or less. So if you have Thanksgiving dinner in California a month from now, I guess that means, you know, dinner's at five, better get there, you know, Better dinner's at six, you better get at five and leave at seven. That should give you a little enough time. Uh, but uh, gatherings are defined as social situations that bring together people from different households at the same time in a single space or place. When people from different households mix, this increases the risk of transmission of COVID-19. So and uh, it's an October 9th document, Mandatory Requirements for All Gatherings. It explains that all private gatherings must limit the number of attendees and are required to be held outside. And it says, keep it short. Gathering should be two hours or less. The longer the duration, the risk of transmission increases. Singing, chanting, shouting, and physical exertion significantly increases the risk of COVID-19 transmission because these activities increase the release of respiratory droplets and fine aerosols into the air. Because of this, singing, chanting, and shouting are strongly discouraged, but if they occur, the following rules and recommendations apply. (laughs) All people who are singing or chanting should wear a face covering. So if you're singing at Thanksgiving dinner... Make sure you're wearing a mask. And if you go, maybe, well, this will go, on, I'm sure, till Christmas. So if you're planning on singing Christmas carols, for example, uh, make sure that everybody has a mask on while they're singing. People who are singing, shouting, chanting, or exercising are strongly encouraged to maintain physical distancing beyond six feet. And people who are singing or chanting are strongly encouraged to do so quietly at or below the volume of a normal singing speaking voice. <laughs> so if you are singing, don't sing loud. Sing really quietly, because otherwise everybody's going to get sick and die. I'll be right back. Stick around.
5: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. C-SPAN has suspended its political editor Steve Scully indefinitely after he admitted to lying about having his Twitter account hacked. A week ago, when Scully was questioned about a message he had sent to former Trump aide Anthony Scaramucci seeking advice, Scully claimed that someone had gotten into his account in Senate. But he admitted this week to his bosses that he had lied. President Trump and challenger Joe Biden competing for TV audiences. It'll be in dueling town halls tonight instead of meeting face-to-face for their second debate as originally planned. The two will take questions in different cities on different networks tonight. The president on NBC from Miami, Biden on ABC from Philadelphia. Stocks ending lower today. The Dow lost 19 points. The Nasdaq was down 54 and the S&P dropped 5. This is SRN News. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very
3: patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done please go to to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money... A cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 833-8ROCKET. Or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more.
2: Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, and MLS number 3030. Dr. Sebastian Gorka watches Biden dig a hole. Do
5: you support? No, I don't support the Green New Deal. Oh, well, that's a big statement. He lost the radical left when he said AOC's Green New Deal, co sponsored by Kamala Harris, is something he cannot support. And on top of that, when he said, I'm the Democrat Party. Oh, really? He's going to have hell to pay for those comments. America first
2: with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoon at 3, right before John Starkerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing, having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman,
3: estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do to protect your assets, to minimize taxes and ensure your inheritance
2: gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk.
3: Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Allegheny County says it will prioritize demolitions of buildings on blighted properties based on public safety need, redevelopment potential, and community impact. The effort is aided by a $15 increase in the cost to record deeds and mortgages. But the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy asks how much will be raised from the $15 fee and who will be keeping track of the money. Learn more
1: at AlleghenyInstitute.org, now in its 25th year of challenging conventional public policy wisdom. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne.
4: And I'm Danica Bourne.
0: And And we're we're the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. Tax.
4: South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishment, and filing complex tax returns.
1: We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with an average settlement of three cents on the dollar.
4: Call us today
1: at 1-800-TAX-1176.
4: And we will explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Again, that number is
1: 1-800-TAX-1176. 1176.
0: AM 1250
1: and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. The division of Salem Media
2: Group. Listen on the answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. IHeart, or radio.com. Stuck
0: in traffic? We've got the answer.
4: Stacked up all over the place, inbound Parkway East, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge, about a 7-minute delay. Also inbound Edgewood-Swiss Vale to the tunnel on the outbound side, Bates Street to the tunnel, inbound Parkway West, minor congested Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, Ross Avenue at West Street. Watch out for a burst water main, Wilkinsburg area, outbound 51, heavy up to Library Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
2: AM 1250, the answer,
1: weather. Tonight we'll have occasional rain and drizzle. Expect a low tonight of 44. Tomorrow we'll see mostly cloudy skies in the morning with a passing shower. That'll be followed by clouds giving way to some sunshine. Tomorrow we'll reach a high of 53.
2: Saturday we'll have mostly sunny skies. Expect a high Saturday of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
3: What's going on with the media? The New York Post broke a story yesterday that should be any reporter or producer's dream. Emails from Hunter Biden that may show that he was making a lot of money by selling access to his dad, who happens to be the vice president, or happened to be the vice president. Fox jumped all over it, but every other major TV news outlet ignored it. What does that say about where the media are right now? Jeff McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic. He joins us now. Good to have you on again, Jeff. Thanks for coming
1: on. You're welcome, John. Great to be with you.
3: So um, what would you be telling your students? Maybe you did tell them if you're teaching classes now. What would you be telling your students about the uh, media reaction to the New York Post story the last couple of days?
1: Well, I would say that the media has taken a very specific agenda setting denial here. And uh, we talk in class a lot of times about it's not only important what the media decides to cover, but it's also important what they decide to omit. And -hmm. in this case, the gatekeepers at most of the mainstream media outlets have decided that there is nothing to see here and they want people to move along. And that's very sad. I mean, when you think about this, you know, the New York Post uh, had a front page story. Uh, the the implications are quite grand, not only for government corruption, but in particular for this election coming up, the implications Mm -hmm. are very important. Uh, And they ran with the story. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that all the news organizations should go out and just say, okay, the New York Post has it, we're just going to report everything that they have, but they need to do their own vetting, they need to do their own research and reporting, of course. But on the other hand, the implications of this story are quite big, and the fact that None of the mainstream big three networks last night, CBS, NBC, or ABC, even mentioned mentioned the story for a second. I mean, I just think that's uh, incredible. And, you know, it's interesting, too, when you think, you know, about the great authoritarian regimes throughout history, they've all taken a, a great effort to squash the flow of information, to suppress information, to shut people up, and in this case, what we have here is the big media organizations, the, you know, the corporatist media, kind of like the oligarch media almost by now, making decisions on what the public should hear about and what not uh, in a way that is designed to push a particular ideology or a particular candidacy. And, you know, and I don't want to go all alarmist here and, you know, go off the rails, but I think this is very dangerous for the nation as a whole, because, you know, when when our government was founded, you know, when, when the patriots founded this nation, uh, they were very concerned about the flow of information. They knew that in the colonial America that the British government had suppressed the flow of information. And so why do you think we have a First Amendment and a free press except to watchdog the government? And so now we have a good part of the national media, and again, not all, but a good part of the national media, not doing a watchdog function at all and in fact being a lapdog for certain aspects of uh, the, the nation's ideology or sociocultural perspective that they, that they want to defend or advocate for. And I think that's very dangerous. And, you know, th- th- it's interesting, too, that in the aftermath of this story, not only what is, was it not covered by the, most of the mainstream media outlets, you had the big tech social media giants working to suppress what little traction that the story had gotten by shutting down, you know, the distribution of this story through various Twitter and Facebook accounts and whatnot, and going to the point of even shutting down the account of the White House press secretary. Now, I mean, yep. think about this for a second. The White House press secretary is the major spokesperson. It's Kaylee McEnany, as you know. Mm-hmm. She's the major spokesperson for this administration. And whether you agree with her or not, What she says should be news. Now, I mean, if she stood up to the White House press conference podium and said, you know, the moon is made of green cheese, that would still be news that she said it. Now, it might not be true, and it might be crazy, and somebody would want to go off and check or verify, but that would still be news. And so to shut her mouth, I think, is just very dangerous and these big tech companies, these social media companies, are oligarchs in their own, and they're doing this without any repercussion. And in, in a sense, they, they are playing games with the national election because they are stifling the flow of information in a democracy. And again, getting back to the founders, they built, built this whole nation on the concept that nation that, that a nation to be free needs to have information flowing freely. And once you've got organizations that are stopping that flow, as we're seeing through the social media and the mainstream media, that is a very dangerous time that the nation, a dangerous path that the nation is heading down. And, and again, not to be alarmist, but I think the public really needs to, they're going to have to take this into their own hands to make sure that they are informed as best they can through whatever means they can, but they're not going to be able to count on the mainstream media or the tech giants to help provide the flow of information that a democracy should have.
3: Did you see anything in the uh, New York Post story that made it illegitimate? uh, Not not just questionable, but illegitimate, like uh, worthy of being dismissed.
1: Well, and you know, it's interesting that the New York Post uh, is is a little bit of a rogue organization. I understand that. But on the other hand, it seems like they worked very hard to try to vet the story. They reported what was right there in front of them. Um, uh, by the way, I think it's interesting that it took a computer fix-it store to help spark this story or to develop yeah. this story. Okay, um, but no, I didn't see anything in there that you would just look at on, on face value say this doesn't deserve to be reporting uh, to be reported or that this is you know pure conspiracy theory or whatever. And in fact, when you look at that story, it's probably much more founded and factually based than a lot has that has been reported over the last several years regarding. Trump-Russia collusion, General Flynn, Stormy Daniels, Michael Cohen, Avenatti, and on and on and on. The Ukraine phone call. Think of all the stuff that has been reported that has been very poorly sourced, uh, and p- perhaps not even accurate, but you know, part of a rumor chain. And the mainstream media was eager to run with that. Uh, but this, with well, this how about one, the New York
3: was- Times? Uh, the New York Times ran a, a an op-ed by anonymous that claimed to be uh, an insider, and just absolutely trashed uh, President Trump. And that he or she has not been identified yet. And and all the networks ran with it, including Fox.
1: Yeah, and I must say, I'm not a real big fan of anonymous sourcing in news stories, although I will admit that there are times when, for the protection of the particular leaker, there might be reasons to do that. But in Mm -hmm. this case, the New York Times ran with something that was really very flimsy. And for all we know... You know, it was some editor at the New York Times wrote it all up himself.
3: Made it up, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and that's the problem with anonymous sourcing is you don't really have any way of knowing that it wasn't just made up. And again, not to get into conspiracy theories, but I think any organization, news organization that runs with anonymous sources should at least give us enough hint as to where that information came from so that we know that it was not made up out of thin air. And that's not the only one. I mean, a lot of the stories on the Trump taxes seem to have come out of thin air as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that doesn't keep the news organizations from running them. And in fact, again, getting back to the founders, the founders would say, hey, let that information out there. And if it becomes too flaky or people don't believe it or it can't be verified or people challenge it, that has to happen. But that's part of what happens in the public sphere, that you have a national rhetoric, a national dialogue and debate, and people can judge for themselves whether the information has any accuracy or whether it should be dismissed.
3: We're talking to Jeff McCall. it's a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic. And you worked in the media, Jeff. And This is the thing that gets me about this. Even if the emails are bogus, okay, uh, or even if there's a um, some uh, reasonable doubt about their authenticity, and the Post and Fox were duped, this was all fake, that's also a story worth covering, isn't it? That the, would be the, the, huge the New York story Post cover. ran a story trashing Joe Biden. I mean, shouldn't you, if you work at CNN or MSNBC, if you're a good reporter, a good journalist, shouldn't that story really get you going? Wow, what happened here? Let's look into that.
1: Yeah, let's just say hypothetically that the New York Post and Fox ran with this story, and it was all just a big hoax or a big fake-out. Okay, yeah. there should be ways to report, and, and dogged investigative reporters should be able to get behind the scenes and start to dig or find information to verify that the inform- that, that the story was not accurate. And I would think that CNN and the Washington Post and all these organizations should be going full bore and have a lot of their investigative people working on this story today. But my guess is at the ABC's Good Morning America, they probably don't have anybody looking into this story today. Well, the
3: thing is, if, if, if you don't think that it's worthy of putting on your air and you don't put it on your air, that's fine. But shouldn't the next thing you do if you're a journalist be, okay, why didn't we put that story on the air? How did it get the traction it did get? How did the New York Post come up with this stuff and, and, and something that uh, could actually affect the presidential election by trashing one of the candidates? Shouldn't I mean Shouldn't the next thing you do after you dismiss it be, why are we dismissing this? And let's do some stories on what happened here.
1: Well, you're There's exactly nothing. right, John, and these news organizations' leadership should actually be stepping into the fray here and not just leave this to, like, the the investigative unit in NBC or whatever. You know, the chairman, these people, these CEOs need to be stepping in and asking the question you're asking, and if nothing else, go in there and just say, we can verify now that this is a bunch of baloney. Rather than just ignore it, they should at least be trying to prove that it's not true. And the other thing I want to bring up about this is this whole thing about... Burisma and Hunter Biden and stuff, you know, in a sense, this has been in the background for several years. And the fact that it's taken this long for it to even come out in the New York Post or really be covered thoroughly on Fox News by anybody other than Sean Handy is a shock. And again, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, that it took a computer fix-it store to actually spark this story is surprising because in a sense, this story has been in plain sight for a long time, and there might actually be some there there. And I remember when Adam Schiff of the House, you know, Oversight Committee used to keep saying, well, there's Russian collusion in plain sight and it turns out there was no Russian collusion in plain sight, but the media believed Schiff and reported that with a straight face for a long time and now but they're unwilling to do any of the kind of vetting that needs to be done on this story and it's it's dangerous for our society and coming a couple of weeks before an election, I think a lot of people really should be hustling out there in the media world right now to try to either support this story and give it the attention it deserves or to De-bunk disprove it. it and report oh, yeah. that it's not accurate. And then, then the New York Post and Fox News should both go forward and say, hey, we, we fell on our face or we got egg on our yeah. face or whatever.
3: Now, uh, i got about three or four minutes left here, but uh, I was thinking about this today. I, I think this this story is actually, it reminds me of the Monica Lewinsky story um, that it it, it would be like back then in whatever that was, 1997, 98, whatever year it was, that um, the networks, let's just say that that MSNBC and CNN and the Washington Post ignored the Monica Lewinsky story. I, I think this story, if it's true, is worse than the Monica Lewinsky story. Uh, but (laughs) they never would have ignored that back then. What's happened that they're willing to do it now?
1: Well, the media has become more polarized and part of that is a reflection of the polarization in in the nation as a whole but I must say that the media standards have changed a lot in 20 years uh, and not for the better because I think now we've got a lot of media organizations that think that they should be crusaders and that they should put their thumb on the scales and objectivity has gone out the window And another thing I want to say about the coverage of this whole thing is that this just kind of continues what has been a pattern of the mainstream media over the last six or eight months, while the Biden campaign has finally generated some traction, to basically give the whole Biden campaign a very soft ride. And uh, Mm -hmm. Axios had a big story yesterday that I thought was quite interesting, and the headline of it was, Joe Biden is the luckiest, least scrutinized frontrunner in history, which is true. And I'm thinking, okay, Biden is the national candidate for his party, and the media hardly holds him accountable. I mean, of course, he goes into seclusion a good part of the time, but that shouldn't keep the, the press from still trying to scrutinize his record or to try to get questions to him when they can or to hold him accountable. And he's running, a very, in a way, it's a very strategic campaign, and, it's, and it, it, it is working, uh, but it's probably not in the best interest of our national political dialogue that he's running a campaign where he's kind of like Vanna White standing on the stage silently turning letters, uh, but nobody really knows what he stands for or what he's going to do.
3: Did you see the story about uh, Scully at uh, Steve Scully? He uh, yes, admitted very to shocking. he lied.
1: I think um, Kevin C. Spann's taking some action, but the bigger question for me about Scully now that he lied about that Twitter thing is, how did this guy get selected to be a host? I mean, the, the debate's been canceled for tonight anyway. Yeah, but how did, the, how, how did that commission on presidential debate put this guy in charge of moderating a debate, because they must not have vetted him at all, because there was all kinds of evidence in his background that he was not going to be a fair and objective moderator, and they put him front and center to host this debate. So I think it's bad news for Scully, but it looks bad also for that commission on presidential debates.
3: I said uh, a little while ago on the show here that it's, that's a career ender. I hate to say see anybody lose their job, but that guy, uh, he, he can, he's not to be trusted. Ever again,
1: I, I you don't know, see how. You can... I, I agree with you. This should be a career ender for somebody in the media whose you know stock and trade should be credibility. On the other mm-hmm. hand, I can see C-SPAN putting him back on, or if he didn't uh, continue on at C-SPAN, I can see the door being opened for him to become a commentator on. You know MSNBC or someplace like that. Right. So I'd I'd be surprised if his career is over. But you know you're right at this point in his career, that's a pretty big blunder in terms of credibility.
3: I have less than a minute here uh, talking to Jeff McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University. What do you expect from the two town halls tonight? I got about 45 seconds.
1: Well, I don't think they'll probably break that much news. The thing that strikes me as odd is both candidates are on the road having traveled to a location to do a town hall. And there's no reason that the Commission on Presidential Debates couldn't have gotten them to travel to a particular location wherever it was going to be, and put them on the same stage with barriers between them or something that you could have actually had the debate. So I think that was that was an egg that was laid by that commission on presidential debates. My guess is Biden will get a lot of softballs and probably NBC will be combative <laughs> with Trump. And we'll probably hear a lot of the same kinds of rhetoric that we've heard you know, over the last several weeks. I'd be surprised if there's a major gaffe by either of the candidates because by now they should be programmed enough to stay on script. But on the other hand, you never know what Trump might say, and you never know what uh, Biden's um, yeah. cognitive ability will He might forget allow. where he
3: is, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Jeff, I'm, it, it I'm out of time. Yeah, you're, you're the perfect guy to have on, and exactly why I called you, because I needed somebody to talk about this, and it, to me it's insane, and uh, I'm sure I'll have you on again before the election. Thanks a lot. Thank you, John. Okay, that's Jeff McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University. We'll be right back.
1: I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance,
0: you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get
2: full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors
1: not available in all states. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage. And we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We... Our
2: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road Middle New York, licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Access, dot or corporate Animalist number 1335, Record Animalist number 65233, equal housing lender, I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
4: If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures, and even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up.
5: That's 1-800-990-6976.
0: I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov.
6: Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense.
0: You're listening
2: to The John watch Show on AM 1250. The answer.
3: I got about a minute and a half left here, and I just this thing with the media. I just it's really um, I don't know whether I should be disappointed or embarrassed for them. Um, this is a as I said with uh, Jeff McCall. This is a story. If you if you are a um, a journalist, if you're a, a reporter, especially especially a news reporter, where you're actually talking about important things, unlike in sports, and you see a story like this. You, sh- you-, you should start drooling over the uh, the um, prospect of being able to look into that story. If you think it's a-, a bogus story, you should be going insane, trying to figure out ways you can try to prove that it's bogus and, and-, and work on it. It's just a great story. Not only that, it's a great TV story. It, it gets viewers. It's the kind of story that gets viewers to just ignore it is just really uh, it's, it's actually to me more embarrassing than it is disappointing, but uh, it just it should prove to you once and for all that there's just no reason to watch CNN or MSNBC if you're not a liberal and just that just you're not going to get what you want to get. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Stagerwald show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.